The second half of childhood, otherwise known as these teen and tween adolescent years, is really riddled with change, growth, letting go and holding on, and a lot of really big life decisions. And there are five very specific needs that every person has. And during these massive transition teen years, which, by the way, are also massive brain development years, uh, these needs are really screaming to be met, but most do not even know that they have them. So unfortunately, the result is that a lot of our youth are chasing their worth in many ways that are not going to serve them. The person that gives them attention, finally, they start chasing or popularity, the grades, the people pleasing, the chameleon identity that shifts between crowds, perfectionism. You get the point. So these five needs are mapped out and you are given four simple ways to fill them just at home in the five needs guides I put together for you. So just go to NellieHarden.com slash five needs. Now that's the number five and then needs all lowercase and download today so you can start to see what your child looks like when they get to walk in a truer, more assured version of themselves when these needs are being being met. So that again is NellieHarden.com slash five needs. Go download today. Hello and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents, and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama, who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast, where we are putting aside the power struggles and really finding the path that leads our young women toward the confidence, respect, and wisdom that they need to prepare them for the world out there. We are helping them through their adulthood education, right? You guys, I have such a special guest on today. Her name is Kenia Romanowska, and she is so special. She comes to us from Canada, and she helps highly educated moms who have careers in male-dominated, very demanding, high-stress, high-burnout uh, competitive fields, but she is helping them redefine their career-minded mom identity and design strategic personal brand and back-to-work career plans with their kids. But what we are talking about with her today is how the mindsets, the core beliefs, the core values of our young girls are being developed during the second half of childhood by what they are witnessing with their moms uh, when it comes to how to have that motherhood, life, work, career 
balance, which we all know is a falsity. It's not really a balance. It's more like a tango, as Kenia puts it, which I love. And if we can get them to understand that a little bit more now in their second half of childhood with through what you are experiencing, then we can set them up for better success in the future because they will know they will know some days are harder than others. Sometimes you have to make really hard decisions. Um, and sometimes it is well, not sometimes it is never 50 50, right? It is never I am a uh, mother and have my life balance uh, 50% of the time and have my work balance another 50. It is not the way it works. Yet so many feel that that is the way they quote unquote should feel going into a career later on. So the more we can pl- or we can prepare them now, the better off they will be later. And we have some very key principles that we're going to talk about in this conversation that I cannot wait for you to hear. So if you are not driving, be sure to get out a piece of paper or the notes section of your phone to write down some of these key principles in how to prepare as how to as a parent prepare our young women our kids for uh, what they are going to experience later on with their own work life tango all right let's go ahead and get started Okay, so now we are here and I am so glad that you are on the podcast. Thank you for coming and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. It's cloudy where I am today. (laughs) So I hope you've got more sunshine than I do. We got a tease of summer and now back to cold days. And where in the world, tell our listeners where in the world you are. I'm in Canada in Edmonton. Uh, in okay. the province of Alberta, so in Western Canada, and a few hours away from me, there are beautiful mountains, whereas where I am, there are no mountains, but I'm close to them. <laughs> you can get there. You can, I can get, get there. there. Yes. yes. And I am down on the East coast of the United States and it is a beautiful, uh, warm day today. So we do have some sunshine. I was having breakfast out on the porch this morning. So, um, okay. Well, we have a big topic to cover today um, because I think so much of what we do in our work and in our life, and we're trying to trying to balance, but it's never quite balanced, but we're trying to make sure that they're even right. That we're, uh, that was a big week for work. So, you know, we try to have a, a big bolus, if you will, of life here and there. Right. And that is your specialty. So before we really get into more, I want to our listeners to know, how you came to do what you do and kind of your story and getting here in an expert in this field. Yes. Thank you for that question. When I was pregnant with my first son, I had read Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. And so you, you're probably familiar with that, right? <laughs> she encourages women not to leave before they leave. So just when I was three months pregnant, I was offered a promotion and I had to decide whether I would disclose my pregnancy, whether I would take the promotion, knowing that I was going on maternity leave And I wanted to know, too, if this new job would be compatible with my new life as a mother, right? So I grilled my new manager on what that would look like, whether I could find work-life integration, balance, (laughs) however you call it. Uh, And at the same time, I was volunteering for women in leadership organizations, and I noticed that we were never talking about motherhood, that all the events that we were hosting were exactly when moms need to be with their kids and put them to bed, right? Those snuggle times, those nursing hours. And I noticed a gap. 
So I ended up taking the promotion. I leaned in to the Sheryl Sandberg thing. I had my bump and I thought I need to do something about that. And that's when I reserved prosandbabes.com. We had the kind of the, from the mouth of babes in my mind. And when my, my son was born and I somewhat settled into the strange world of new motherhood <laughs> at 4 a.m. one morning when he was sleeping and I wasn't, I typed up this curriculum that would include motherhood and career discussions. And it was, you know, we'd meet at a cafe with moms for an eight week period. I took my background as an invest, uh, investigative journalist to really dig up facts and information. And I started uncovering all these questions that women had about you know, emotional labor and making choices about going back to work and how to have discussions with your partner and how to be a good working mom and how just to figure it out. I'd have women with these amazing careers holding their babies and be like, how could I ever have anybody take care of my child? Right. And so they'd go through this huge emotional roller coaster. So it was, it was this gut intuition and this observation that we did not talk about motherhood and women leadership circles, which was such a trendy topic when I was going up, right? This women leadership thing, it was the be all and end all. And we we're all supposed to aim for leadership and breaking the glass ceilings, but we never talked about motherhood. Mm. And, and so one thing led to another, it's a longer story. It's a five-year story, but pros and babes started taking more and more time in my life until it finally took over as my main occupation where I work with women really long-term. We address every single pillar of their life to create that elusive work-life flow, work-life integration, work-life balancing. Somehow nobody really chooses the word balance because it, it feels like an unattainable myth that, as you mentioned, 50-50, but that's not how life is. Right. And so choosing the right word and then digging deeper into what does it mean for you to have integration or flow or ease or tango in the different seasons of your life as you're building. I, I love, I love your, you know, the name of your project. I speak of the same, I, I speak slightly in the same language in our community. We talk about the number of hours. So I think in 25 years, there's something like 160,000 hours. Mm. Please correct me in my math, but you do the same thing saying there's a number of days you have with your children. So right. be intentional about how you budget and spend that time. Right. So we, we zoom back, we look at that package of hours and we kind of budget in the same way our time as we would do money and think, are you spending your time in alignment with your values? And so that piece of work-life balance is one of those pillars that we explore and we get very clear on what that can mean for you. Wow. And I, so well, those ideas come from somewhere, right? And so much of our ideas, I know me as a woman now, uh, mother of four, I'm in my forties, right? And I had a certain idea of what motherhood could look like. And all of those ideas that we have come from that first 18 years that we have, right? That those yeah. first, our own childhood, mostly influenced by our, our own moms, right? Our own upbringing. And that could go one way or another. It is, it definitely needs to be this way or it def I definitely don't want it to be this way, right? Just depending on whatever your life circumstance is um, or picking and choosing different things. But my point is that, we have these ideals of what motherhood and career and this work life, you know, this, um, this uh, fairy tale of work-life balance <laughs> looks like because of what was preset into us. Yeah. And so 
I really believe that the more we know, the better we can do, the more we are prepared for something, you know, the less uh, things that can jump out of the closet and scare us. You know, I always talk about uh, no comparison. uh, uh, You know, if you understand and know that comparison and scarcity and shame and guilt, all these things are going to be a part of your story. You're going to be like, "Mm, I recognize you. I see you. And they can't jump out and scare you anymore and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, hit you uh, broadside. And so understanding a little bit more about this tango or integration, like you call it, which I love that I is really important to our young women as they are going into life and career too. And if, if we know that we know that they learn it and that's set into the foundation of their core beliefs, their core understandings and perspectives when they are young, we have an opportunity, responsibility, obligation um, uh, to be able to tell them a little bit more about this and not leave them in the dark, not leave our young women in the dark to go off into their life and career and think that everything is hunky-dory. The scales meet exactly at 50-50 and this is how it is because that's not reality. And so the more we can set them up for success means the more that we can share with them and, and, um, tell them now. And, uh, when they're, especially in the second, uh, you know, section of childhood in the first section of childhood, they don't need to, you know, necessarily know, um, the, the ins and outs. They're just more concerned of, am I fed? Am I, you know, safe? Am I secure? But the second half of childhood, when they are preparing for adulthood, Um, we can share a little bit more with them. And so in your work, you cover more of a holistic um, approach, which has to be true. And I love that you do that because work and life are holistic. It isn't just these little boxes that we can open and be like, oh, this is my family box. This is my, you know, my work box. And then I close them and they are done. Everything stays with us all the time. So can you explain a little bit more about how you work holistically, what different areas you work in yeah. and how they, how that can be then um, shown and uh, show up in our relationship with our daughters? Yes, such good questions. And when you were talking about where those ideas come from, I intentionally mentioned the lean in current mm-hmm when I was talking with you, because it influenced me at very important moments of very important choices. So, and it made me think too, of my own mom, who was an international trader. I was born in a communist country. My parents fled, right? And we came to Canada. I'm an only child. My husband is from a family of five. So we're having, you know, when we're it it, it creates very different family dynamics, right? Mm. And so we are working on intentionally bringing the best from both. But to go back to your question, it's so important that we prepare our young women. In fact, I have a few young graduates sometimes joining my webinars and thinking, oh, this is too early for me. I don't have kids yet. Mm. I say, no, stay. You actually need to be thinking about this before you have kids because it's going to impact you so greatly. So you were asking about what are the different domains that we work on? Number one, we zoom back and you probably do this too in, in some form. We look back and we, we visualize in 25 years, what are your kids going to say about you as a working mom? And how are you going to feel in your body? And what, you know, how are you looking at your partner? If that's the case for you, right? If that's, if that's your situation, how much money is in your bank account? And I ask many questions to really visualize that moment, almost like a graduation of your family life, right? And, and your career through the lens of your children. What mm-hmm. would you love your children 
to have learned from you as a working mother, if you're making the choice to have a career outside of the home and also be a mom, what are the values that will have driven your choices? So that is kind of the, that is the starting point. And we take a step back and design it's 12 pillars, more or less. They, as I, as I get to know my clients, we also adjust the content to meet them where they are. But the fundamental ones that have the biggest impact are first of all, mindset, right? How, how do you think about being a working mom? Where do the ideas come from? And then what do you want those ideas to be? So you've internalized some things, but where are you going to keep? What are you going to leave? And that's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So we look at that mindset. What, why, why do you like working in the first place? What are your kids learning from you, watching you as a working mom, right? What values transpire? What kind of impact are you making in the world? A question I love to ask, and I work with many scientists, engineers who are solving enormous problems for the world. And often they're the only woman in the room. And they say, I'm so lucky that you were at the table doing this hard work because you are bringing a different lens to the energy industry. You are going to solve problems for our children. So if your child could be proud that you solved one problem to make the world a better place, what is the problem that you would solve? Right. So, so that gives you a sense of purpose and impact because let's not sugarcoat it as much as we're told to have a career and have it all and be like, guys, once you're that only woman in the room full of men and you have to try to be yourself and maybe you're hiding a pregnancy, it's not so glamorous anymore. It's yeah. not so, yay, I leaned in. Yay, I'm a leader. No, it's like my anxiety is through the roof. I'm pregnant. I don't want to disclose it because I'm going to get taken off the project, right? That's not what we were dreaming of. Mm. So, you know, so the mindset piece, I, I, I dove into the granularity of, of it is reclaiming why you are working, what impact you want to make. You're certainly making sacrifices. You're spending time at work where often you'd like to be with your children. That's, that's, that happens a lot. Even for the women who love their careers the most, many times they would prefer to be home with their child. When they're at home with their child, they're thinking about that project that needs their attention. So it's a difficult place to be. And you really have to be so clear as to why you're doing this and how it's going to look in the different seasons of life. Right. And we dive really deep. We look at the golden years. We look at what your children need when they're young, what they're going to need from you when they're teens. Caregiver duties for elderly women also take more care of the elderly. So, you know, you have to factor all of that in. So there's mindset. Then there's relationships. When you, especially with your partner, when you become a mother, your relationship changes, right? You, you don't feel the same way. You have to, when, if, if, the, if there are no strategic conversations about caring for the home and caring for the child, there's maternal gatekeeping where women will often pre prevent their partners from doing anything with a baby, right? So we're not all innocent victims in here, <laughs> but you have to think about what matters in your relationship with your partner and how you're going to parent together and how you're going to preserve that intimacy. There's support systems, there's finances and career tools. So those are four, five of the most critical ones. We also look at health. We look at family life. We look at parenting. We look at leadership skills and diversity and inclusion, right? And, and we started looking at also spirituality and how you want to feel in this whole process. But the first four that I mentioned, I'm going to repeat them, are kind of the, the foundational ones that really you need to reflect on. Otherwise, you're just going to live a life by autopilot if you don't think about all the factors that influence you as a working mom mindset relationships support systems 
career skills and finances, I often bring them together, right? Because we talk about negotiation and, and how to be fairly compensated for your work. Um, so they're pivotal uh, in, in terms of how you're going to succeed as, as a working parent. And right there too, especially with finances, that has so much to do with worth and contribution um, that you feel as a woman uh, and seeing your, um, your child being able to see that you feel as a parent, as a mom, that you feel that worth and contribution in whatever capacity, it might be philanthropic. It might not be even money coming in, but that worth and contribution piece is huge. And when you're a child and you see your mom not feeling like she has worth or contribution that plays a long lasting effect on your own life. And so our kids really are mirrors of our own behavior, right? They do as we do, not what we say um, so much of the time. And so that's why it's so important to be vulnerable, open, honest um, with your kids so that they can prepare for life too. I mean, they aren't going to just be your little kids forever. We are raising adults. And so what are some things in our life as a, as a mom, what are some things that we can do to teach them how to relate to people, how to work in difficult situations? And I ask this because I have, you know, I have a daughter who has a job now. Um, I have two more daughters that are planning on getting a job within the year. And especially those, you know, early jobs, they don't always, you know, they aren't career jobs. And let's be honest, they're not career jobs, but they do set you up with some of those uh, intrinsic and interpersonal skills in order to deal with people, deal with customer service, you know, deal in a team atmosphere and things like that. So what are some things as a parent that you think that you can do in order to set up a good, um, a good mirror that your child can see so that they can be uh, raised up with a strong attitude about what to do in the workplace and how to stay themselves, stay honest to Mm -hmm. themselves, but also have a fulfilling career that's unique to them. I love the, the question too. I think I could talk about this one for hours, but I will start with the values piece that is my current definition of success. I would say this, I have my values board. My three core values are faith, love, and accountability. They've been challenged, but I would say that in general, I go back to them. It's the lens through which I make most of my decisions. And when I make mistakes, I go back to them as well. Have I been, am I being faithful? Am I being accountable? Am I being loving? And giving them the confidence to be anchored in their values. I personally believe that, that faith, and I know that you too, it is such an important piece. So that relationship with God, that relationship with Christ, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to set with my husband, that no matter what, even when we're not there, we want to model that this is something that we really value in our family. No matter how messy things are, we go back to some of our, our core TV shows that are faith-related, you know, reading the story Bible with our kids in the evening so that they have that personal relationship uh, and, and that has been strengthened for me in the last 
year or so because I had so much death in my family, truly. Mm -hmm. And I also pushed really hard in my business. Now I look back and I can take stock of what I was doing. But when my father passed away really suddenly, and, you know, as an only child, I mean, I was like really their be all and end all, right? So he was so proud of everything I always did. And when my, when my father died, of course, I don't want to just sit and cry and miss him, right? I just doubled down on my efforts and my business and I pushed through. And only now am I giving myself more space to like grieve and miss him and creating that spaciousness. But I realized, A, through the challenges of, of losing my father and a few other family members in a really short period of time and pushing through in my business, I realized that humans are truly fallible. And no matter, I trusted a lot of humans and my trust was broken many times. And so that reinforced even for me, the importance of faith and having a direct relationship through my faith with God. And I want to give that foundation to my kids because they're going to face ups and downs. Humans are going to fail them. They're going to face darkness and joy. And sometimes there's no answer. And I want them to have that inner strength to know that they are never alone with those challenges, no matter how deserted they might feel, no matter how fallible mom and dad might be sometimes, right? Who knows what's going to happen to us. So I feel like if I equip them with that foundation of faith, love, and accountability, those are critical faith pieces, mindset pieces, and a definition of success that's not just anchored in performance, but being a good human on this earth. Mm. I think I was taught, I grew up, I grew up in a very secular society, first of all. So I was taught to really separate religion from anything else. So I made those choices as an adult consciously. And, and I was also really rewarded for my intellectual performance. And I, a lot of my sense of worth came from being a fantastic student, a student, a fantastic community member. But I didn't really rely on my own dignity and worth as a human, really, which is kind of our birthright. So now I'm learning from all of that. And when it's, whether it's boys or girls, where can you help them anchor and strength and something that they can rely on, that they can feel they're part of something bigger, whether you believe in God, whether you're Christian or you have another religion, or you consider yourself more spiritual, we're not part of a vacuum. We live in relationship Mm -hmm. to others. So whether you're going to face a conflict at work, whether you're going to be challenged, at least they're going to have that framework of inspiration and faith and core values. And I will tell them, you know what? You can define success by every day you've been a good human based on those core values. And that makes for a beautiful life. Whether you have a lot of money or little money, whether however you are, whatever your title is, have you been a good human? Have Mm. you responded in accordance with your values? Have you been consistent and steadfast? That I think is how we can equip our children because the world they're going to be in, you know, even in 10 years is going to be so different. It's going to be different technology, different jobs, but those values have served humans for centuries and they have been proven and they have been tested. So can we give them that strong inner architecture foundation to succeed no matter what life throws their way? Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Like if I could stand up and clap right now, I would. (laughs) And um, so we're very in line with what we do. It's just different topics that we cover in our, in our coaching and how we help families. But, um, yes. So I really, uh, deal with, uh, mindset cycles and that was, that's the first pillar of, um, self-discipline leadership, which is what I teach parents to help their, um, young women leave home with, right. So their confidence, they have wisdom, they have respect, um, and values is a huge part of that first, 
um, that first section that we cover on vision, you know, what core beliefs do you have? What do you have coming in from your childhood that you want to leave at the door? What do you want to take with you? What's some new stuff that you want to bring in? And then when it comes to core values, we go around for the entire family and, you know, your values really are your boundaries. You know, I, I say, if you're in the middle of a, you know, African desert in the middle of the night, do you just want to lay down and see what happens? No, probably not. You want to have some good, solid boundaries around you. So having three to four, no more than four, but three to four that can enclose you and protect you in those boundaries. And then anything that comes to you has to pass through those boundaries. So I love, you know, yours are faith, love and accountability. And that, that is beautiful. Uh, mine are, um, uh, faith, integrity, and wisdom. And so, um, those are my walls that surround me all the time. And if something is going to be close enough to me to enter into my life, they have to pass through those filters. And, um, but my kids have different ones. And so I love that, uh, we can keep each other accountable within our family for those. And then our family as a whole has a couple of them as well. And so understanding everyone's unique nature, um, understanding accountability to those, and then having a team, uh, for, for me and my work, that is, uh, what we do, but I, I love, love, love that that's the way that you define success because, leadership, which so many women hear that so many people hear that, you know, all the time going into careers, leadership training, leadership, success, leadership, and it's become this, um, you are a leader. If you have people, you could boss around, you have a white collar and you're making a certain amount of money. And that is not true at all of what a leader really is. First, you have to be a leader of yourself so that you can actually lead others and success is determined by your value. So we are completely in align with that. So I love that you said that in Nick, in this context with working with uh, moms in their careers and having them work through all of these different life pieces of the uh, puzzle pieces. Um, okay. So representing ourselves, I think we covered that with values, right? What about finding a good fit for what they are going to do for the rest of their life? There's a lot of pressure out there for young, uh, young women, young men to perform, get the grades, to get the college, to get the career. Right. But then so many of them get there. And especially if they have sports scholarships or they get into a career and they're like, I've just been chasing this for so long, but I don't actually even like it. Right. And so as a parent that might be going through that or just setting our kids up to actually find where their passions lie, because Mm -hmm. that's where our most success is going to be anyway. What are some things that we can do, you know, in order to help our, our children find their passions and then go toward their success through there? Yeah, that is, that is a tough question. And I don't have an easy answer for that, especially a, having been brought up in a different country and also being in the entrepreneurial world, my viewpoint on what actually gives you a solid skill set to succeed in an ever-changing world does evolve. Yeah. But I would like to give a couple of pointers. Number one, I think, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to have hopes for our children in terms mm-hmm. of where we would like to see them in, in their careers. So early on, I think we can 
use language to reflect curiosity and and use a very broad language in terms of professions that are available, right? I, I remember doing career planning at school and it was just a few boxes, I don't know, doctor, psychologist, vet, but biologist, but there's so many more titles in the world. And so using broader language and exposing them to mentorship opportunities is something that we can do. Number two, helping them to be creative problem solvers from a young age. Ultimately, we get paid to solve problems. That's that's how, why we're hired. Also, as business owners or employers will hire you to solve a problem, generally speaking, right? They will spend their money to employ you. So teach them to problem solve, teach them to notice problems in the world and think of solutions. And I remember listening to an entrepreneurial summit with two mothers and they talked about cultivating that entrepreneurial mindset from a young age by asking kids to to solve problems if they come to you with a with an issue ask questions and say okay what are your options how do you propose propose we would solve it what are the pros and cons of each now go try test it out and come back to me versus trying to solve it for them so going back to my earlier point about impact and asking mothers what kind of problems they want to solve I think we can teach our kids to do that from a really young age and also watch where their interests are. With, with my two kids, I see my, my young one already likes building a lot, right? And he's structured. My other one, I'm not sure where he's going to go. He has a huge sense of humor <laughs> and he just makes light of everything. And he has a different approach than his brother. So I'm trying to allow them to lean into their strengths and get curious, expose them to different activities, talk about values and start planting seeds and start talking about money and about work. They see me working all the time. They see mommy's office. So we talk about the jobs that we do, my husband and I, and how we're impacting people's lives, helping them notice impact from a young age, asking them questions. How do you think the world can be a better place? Blending professions and skills. And then I will add one last piece, which has fascinated me in the last few years is having a futuristic mindset. Uh, I, I attended a, a conference where there was a futurist and he was asking us these outrageous questions, but they were not really outrageous. They were really wise. So he said, you know, what would you do if people in your community wanted to marry a robot? With, and, you know, and we shook our heads. He said, well, yes, there's a court case in Japan where somebody's requesting to marry a robot. Or how will you react if there are flying drones in your neighborhood, which is going to happen? So I think that one of the best projects I had in college was actually a futuristic project like that, projecting what, how we would solve the problem and what the impacts would be in 10 to 25 years. So even cultivating that curiosity with our kids and thinking, what are the skills that are going to be needed in 10, 20 years to succeed uh, and imagining a world that's really different and then finding all the different ways and maybe all the different professions or all the different skills that can set them up for the biggest levels of success. I'll give you one final example. Most of my, a good amount of my clients are, are engineers. It's really tough to be a mother and an engineer, but engineers ultimately are problem solvers, right? So I see they embrace my program with such a process-driven mind. They're very systematic. They're very consistent and steadfast. And I love observing that. And, you know, the training for this type of profession will mold your brain to be that way. <laughs> I almost want to say in a chuckling, they almost can't help themselves. They're so <laughs> effective, right? So when we're helping our kids choose a profession, realizing that their education 
will mold their brain to be a certain way. And that being a problem solver as an engineer can work and serve you in so many professions. You don't have to remain an engineer after you're done engineering. Your skills will be transferable to so many professions. So I hope, you know, I don't know if you want me to recap or if you would like to recap what you heard, but these are a couple of ways that I think we can impact our children's success in the world besides the values piece, right? But from a, from a very specific, tangible, materialistic world perspective. Yeah, no, I... I love that. And how many jobs exist today that didn't exist before? And we have that. That's a constant conversation within our family is there are people with jobs that you just don't even think are jobs out there, but they're absolutely necessary because you use them every single day. And, um, I can anything with technology for sure. Right. Uh, computer screens and, and this and that and the other, and there, then it's not just one person that's out there sitting at the desk doing this. It's an entire team of people that need to come up with the actual hardware for our computers, right. The actual hardware for, um, uh, you know, electrical stuff in everybody's home in the world, right? All of these things that you just don't even think of because like you, when I went to career day, when I was in kid, uh, when I was a child, it was like, yes, doctor, lawyer, veterinarian, um, therapist, maybe yeah. might've been on there, but I just remember, honestly, doctor, lawyer, veterinarian, like those are the three yes. That I remember. You're going to be that, you've made it in life, right? Right, exactly. But Which, I have, all respect to those professions. Right, I, I, definitely. Very necessary. Very necessary. I've used all of them. So, yes. um, but when I think of, I met somebody who was a close friend of ours and he um, owns a packaging company for like all these products that we go into the stores and buy they all have packaging and it's just not something I ever really thought of, but it's so obvious. And I'm like, yeah, I guess packaging is a really big business because yes. it everything is packaged, you know? And so I just found it so fascinating. When, uh, and he probably looked at me a little cross-eyed like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but we're, like, we're not taught about that. We're not right. taught to think. That about, wasn't on my list. You're not a doctor, lawyer, or veterinarian, you know? <laughs> So it was just kind of funny. So I would, uh, I would love to hear you kind of, you know, bring this all together um, for our audience and, and your points that we are, what we are doing as parents in order to help and influence our children before they leave home so that they are set up for success in their own career life tango. Yes. So as a, as a recap, and I, I don't know, you and I, I think had that conversation, but we are influencers in our children's lives, right? Yes. We can, yes. I mean, we, we can influence everything, but we certainly play such an important role. So number one, I talked about language, using language and, and talking about a, a broader variety of, of professions and noticing all the time, right? As you mentioned, the packaging, there's always opportunities to ask your kids, where do you think this came from? How come we have a house, right? Who designed this car? Where does the gas come from for our car or the solar panels or the battery, right? How come the the grass is so nice and green here? Um, How is an airplane built? There's just an infinite number of opportunities to talk to our kids about, right? Everything. Number two, I talked about, well, I think that was the third, but that's when that jumps to my mind was (laughs) the, the futuristic mindset, the futuristic mindset and imagining what skills will be needed in the future. 
Uh, I also talked about impact and problem solving. So Mm -hmm. always encouraging from a young age, thinking about how can your kids be problem solvers? And I, I don't know how it is in the States right now. I know you homeschooled for some time, but in Canada, in many areas, there's so much more emphasis on skill building and skill development. I think as parents too, we have to ask ourselves the questions, what are the fundamental skills that our kids need to succeed in the world Mm. and being conscious about that and then practicing it every day. So the problem solving and the curiosity is one of those skills that aligns really well with being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs also solve a lot of problems. So do engineers. And finally, when we talk about doctors, you know, even medicine and health and our definition of health is really changing. So if we want our kids to be leaders, we have to help them be creators and examine things critically. When I asked my dad, uh, you know, he, he was he was telling me not long before he died, you know, he said, if I could teach my my grandchildren only one skill, I would love for them to to learn critical thinking, yes. to, to be able to write, um, to to understand that things are not just facts because TV said so or somebody said that. So or Instagram <laughs> or Instagram. Yes. So. Okay, very short recap. I talked about language. I talked about critical skills like problem solving. I talked about a futuristic mindset. I think those three things can very much impact what how our kids will succeed in the world. And I think, you know, and in closing this, um, I all of those are very important, but I agree with your dad, you know, that critical thinking piece right there, because our children, especially this generation of our children, and it's only going to get more. We are letting device, they are letting, we are letting, you know, devices do their thinking for them. And it is, it's becoming an epidemic of uh, loss of critical thinking. So that is one of the most, most, most important things that you can do. And that, that comes from having conversations, asking so many questions, developing that curiosity, developing that founders, that creators, you know, outlook, uh, Einstein, I just taught and, uh, we went through five textbooks of science this year because I taught the history of science and I taught science. Um, so we went through five textbooks in that, but, um, and I'm a scientist in nature, biology, psychology. I love to know, uh, functionally how things work and then what the results are. And that's biology, psychology. So, but Einstein said, um, I am, it's not so much that I, and I'm not direct quoting, but it was something like it, it's not so much that I'm brilliant. I just take more time to think about things, right? He, when he was six years old, he had this vision of what it would be like to sit on a beam of light. And what happens to that? If I'm sitting on a beam of light and where is it going? What is it doing? How does it feel? How does it look? And he thought about that throughout his entire life. And I mean, we're talking, so what did he come up with? I'm super intrigued or I'm going to have to Google it, please. I know we're wrapping up. What happens when you sit on a beam of light actually? Well, that's when he was getting into, you know, particle wave theory, relativity, all the things. And so I have a textbook you can borrow, (laughs) but it, it is fascinating. My point being though, that he was so curious and he kept asking the question and thinking about it. And when I was going through the history of science, we went from the ancient Greeks who came up with mind bending real things that weren't actually concretely discovered until several, 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 you know, millennia later, but they just sat 
and thought. They just sat and thought. And then we got into this era of doing, right? It's not true unless I could see it happen. And that really slowed us down. And now we are back in the last, like, I would say last, uh, what's it, 2022? So probably 100 years, we're back to our last textbook was thought experiments and how much we have gotten through. So, you know, the ancient Greeks didn't say, I'm going to sit down and have a thought experiment today. They just said, I'm going to go sit down and think. And so our greatest times of innovation and real studying happened when we were thinking more than we were just doing. And I find that just fascinating, right? So I, you know, I wish I could hug your dad and say, yes, absolutely. Um, But yeah, critical thinking, if we could get back to that and sit in that more and not just have it be certain individuals and a huge minority of the population, we could get so much further. So, okay, you guys, this has been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for being on here and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And you left me with some wonderful thoughts for my day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully good conversations you can have with the boys. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. We will be back next week with another episode. And remember you guys to keep teaching, keep laughing, keep loving. And above all, remember to keep showing up with intention during these 6,570 days of this parenthood childhood tank go uh, because they need you. All right, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design, and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days, and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, NellieHarden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you loved the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.